0: Welcome to Dazzle Without the Frazzle podcast. This is Bolu TV, the Essence Magnifier. Once upon a time, I believed in the old myth that for women, success came with struggle, sacrifice, and suppression of some parts of our beautiful feminine essence. Now, I know that this myth is the fast track to burnout. This podcast explores going from ego-driven to essence-inspired. It's a paradigm shift. Join me and explore. There we have an absolute treat, Tia Stegman. Tia is an international best-selling author, podcaster, speaker, a true force of nature. She's a partner in several international joint ventures, including a property development business with her husband of 22 years. After a successful corporate career in a Michelin star hospitality operation, she took on the challenge of entrepreneurship. Over the last decade, she has emphatically supported and empowered others to overcome obstacles in life and business while she also worked relentlessly at healing her own generational patterns, traumas, and the blind spots that sabotaged her success. She now lives and teaches her empowering legacy life methodology. This is her way of leaving an empowering legacy for her three daughters. Tia, a very warm welcome to you. I'm so happy you could be with me today.
1: Thank you, Balatiri. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful being here with you today.
0: Well, the pleasure is shared, I can assure you. And I've been wanting to invite you to the Dazzle Without the Frazzle podcast for such a long time. And the reason I'd like that is because you've been immensely successful, but you've also known your fair share of pain. And I really love the fact that you embrace it. You are real. You're not trying to portray this image of perfection which so many women are trapped in right you've probably been there and done that but you've moved beyond it and so i'm looking forward to a very juicy discussion today
1: absolutely absolutely like i said we keep it real you know it doesn't serve anybody if we don't keep it real right
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, Tia, my first question to you is, first of all, congratulations. I know the backstory to that Michelin star hospitality operations is that you actually were part of a team that took the restaurant from no Michelin star to a Michelin star. And for people who don't understand what that means, it's a big deal. Um, And I know that not just anybody can do that. It takes a level of attention to detail. A zest for excellence, and what I'd like to know from you is, in your opinion, Tia, why do you believe you have excellence? Why do you think it's so important for you to achieve and overachieve? What's behind that for you?
1: Mm. Wow, well, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg kind of, you know, question. I don't know if my, um, if my spirit of excellence came before or after, but, you know, it's something that I've always, it's a, it's a, a narrative that I've always had is that, you know, um, to operate in a spirit of excellence. But I, I do believe it goes back to my childhood. Hmm. And it, I do believe it goes back, growing up in a house where there was a, you know, a modeling of a spirit of excellence in pretty much a lot of things that my parents did. Um, The way my mother dressed, the way my father dressed, the way they operated in, in, um, in the way they taught at school, and they kind of strive that they could be, right? Um, I I think there was an element of that. But I I do think a lot of it was driven by my childhood trauma of never wanting to disappoint, right? Mm. Um, The, the eternal pleaser, the fixer, the performer, Uh, The role I played as a child in my home was most definitely to perform, um, to be able to distract from whatever else was going on in the home, right? Um, Mm. And so I became an ultimate performer. And to be a performer, there has to be a spirit of excellence, right? You've Mm. got, you learn really, really young to do things really, really well. But a, a great deal of that was also modeled by my parents in the way they did things. You know, my mother was an, an exceptionally well-dressed woman and well-groomed. And, and so was my dad. Um, you could pull them through a ring, both of them. Right, So that was that was a way in which they, they performed on a daily basis. And as young children, we, I wasn't allowed to go to the shop wearing a pair of shorts. It was always like, get back into the house and go put a dress on. Or you're not coming to, with me if you look like that. <laughs> Right, mm. go back and change, kind of thing. So, so within that, that cultivates this kind of thing. You know, I've I've always got to try better, be better, perform better, kind of thing. You know.
0: Wow, I love that here because you've just shared that you had role models that sh- that shared with you or showed you. Actually, it wasn't mm. even just about telling you that excellence was required, excellence was the norm, but you've also shared something. I don't know what the people miss this, but what's, it's extremely important that sometimes this striving for excellence, this action mode all the time, this performance pleaser mode could also be underlined by pain and trauma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Wow. Well, Would you say that um, also be because you said distracting happening in 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 your home but could it also be a form of distraction from the pain you're experiencing yourself
1: oh absolutely uh 100 uh, 100 you know i i believe we grow up and and we become a certain way uh, because we are you know th- there is drivers towards and drivers from and and many of us that are high performers aren't necessarily driven by a to, you know we're not driven towards something many of us are driven away from something right there's you know there's the two methodologies there's the two motivational behaviors in life and one of them is to run away from things and then one towards things um and when you you know when there's childhood trauma involved and when there's high levels of performance like i had um that was my driver in life it it was driven to come away from pain right um and like you said, for me, it was a role I chose as at a young age because not only did I did I want to distract from the pain that I was experiencing at home, and you know sometimes you have you have people who become the clown, they become the class clown because they're distracting from the situation that they find themselves in, or you'll find a child that um, becomes the performer or the pleaser within the home. Um, because that way they can alleviate the situation. Um, I think about my own daughter, My, you know, in, in, in some of my past experiences where before I started healing from my childhood trauma, I was an incredibly strict mom and, and, and I didn't allow certain things and I was very much like by the book. And I saw from my own daughter's um, behavior that she was always trying to manipulate the situation to get me to not be triggered, right? To get me to not be an angry mom, or to be triggered by the situation. And in watching my own child do that, I realized that that's what I did as a child, right? But I performed, um, and I and I realized that if I could just be the head girl, if I could just be the best swimmer, if I could be the best this, the best, if I could just be the first team hockey captain, if I could be Victor Lodorum or Victrix Lodorum in school, and if I could be an achiever in all these things, and I could please my parents in that way, it, it would take away from from everything else that was going on within my home at the time. And then that becomes your pattern. Right. And, and that's the pattern that you then repeat um, going into business and life and everything else.
0: I just love that because what I'm hearing is that you were achieving all of these things. So, I mean, these were great things to me to be the best to achieve all of these things. I mean, it gives you a lot of confidence, I suppose, but what I suppose was happening was you may have been gaining what many people would call self esteem, Yeah. but that's always linked to something outside of yourself that you're achieving. But then what would you say, in terms of self-worth and by that i mean the understanding that you are enough irrespective of whether you got an f on that paper or not i mean is that something that was within your realm of understanding or no if i got an f that was like no no
1: (laughs) you know i don't think at that point in time that was even a consideration you Mm. know self-worth or anything like that Mm um yeah it's it's an interesting question but for me it it was never around my worthiness i mm-hmm. i don't think i ever felt unworthy and when i when i didn't achieve it um you know there were times when i didn't achieve certain things mm-hmm. and i never beat myself up necessarily about those things because it it, it wasn't it wasn't about that for me right it it that was not the thing at play during that phase of my life, though. Uh, when I didn't... When I didn't it, um, I'm trying to, to think back to school now. now. You know, and, and um, I, I think I was just highly, highly distracted. I think part of my methodology to keep my head above water was to just do as many things as possible and try yeah. and, you know, um, and achieve in as many things as possible because that would keep the peace in my home and that would get the focus on my parents to not focus on on my sibling, um, Mm -hmm. which I was ideally trying to protect at that point in time, right? So I was becoming this performer and pleaser so that I would get the attention on me and my parents would be satisfied so that I, so that my, you know, the attention didn't want to have to go to my sister. So it was definitely always an attraction away from, right. It was an attraction away from, and then that just became my way of functioning. It just became the way was. And then you enjoy it. You're so caught up in it and you enjoy it. And then you go into uni like that. And then you go into life and marriage and business and everything else that you do. Um, that becomes your way of being. It's your pattern. It's what runs you. It's your operational system, right? Mm. Um, and, 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 and it's unsustainable. It, you can't sustain that level of things because life is inevitably going to happen, as it did with me. Life happened. I had kids. And then when you have kids, you can't sustain that level of, of, of life, right? And, when, and there always going to be failures along the line. And, and when you fail then... It's, it's not sustainable to, to win at every single thing. Taya, yeah, that's amazing.
0: Um, something you said really struck me, which is it's, it's not sustainable. Life happens. And I'd like you to share a moment. At what point did you realize that you really could not go on like this? You really could not continue the same way you had been. What, share a moment with us of what that was like exactly.
1: There were moments when I, um, I realised I was constantly dropping the ball and I started to get more and more depressed and I started to get more and more triggered. And, and there were definitely really, uh, fright, you know, like scary moments for me as, as, as a mother of, of young children Um, You know, there were two moments when, that I recalled, and I've actually written about it in in the book that I've, the chapter of the book I've written, I I wrote about my monster mom moment, Hmm. the day when I threw things down the stairs, and I looked back at myself and I thought, damn it, what have I done? Like, my kids were so afraid of me. But there was also another moment when I, I was so highly strung and highly struggling. I was pregnant with my second daughter, and I was really struggling. With my child at the time. And I, and I actually found myself phoning a friend one morning. Saturday morning. My husband was working a double shift as a chef. And, and I found myself phoning a friend. And, and saying to her, listen. You have got to come and help me. You've got to rescue me. Uh, um, I might do something to this child today. Because I, I, I just can't. I, I can't mm. cope like this. I'm, I'm feeling very, very frazzled. And I think that was a, like, a pivotal moment for me. That was probably one of the biggest red flags. The first red flag I saw was like, I can't do this. Um, you know, I, I, I yeah, it, it was a pivotal moment for me when I realized, and there were loads of tiny little red flags all along the way, right? There always is, and we ignore them. There were all these tiny little red flags, being tired, falling asleep at my desk at work, um, taking wow. my kids into work, uh, you know, little babies, taking a three-day-old, a five-day-old in, taking mm. a three-month-old in, and, and and just running myself ragged, trying mm. to, to keep up appearances and performances and everything else. And there was constant little red flags. But it wasn't until that day when I actually realized I had to call a friend to say, please, can you come and take my child away? Because I'm actually afraid of what I might do to her because mm. she's making me so angry the whole morning. I've been angry with her four or five times. And I realized that it wasn't her. It was me. Yeah. And that to me was a big thing. Right. And, and, and I still ignored it. Politiwi. I still ignored it. Right. It fuzzled wow. out. And it wasn't until that day when I, when I was standing on my stairs and I threw books and things down the stairs and I turned around and saw two sets of beautiful eyes, walk, looking at me, actually terrified that I thought, hang on. Right. This is now completely out of control. Yes. And that's when I started realizing, wow, um, I can't be everything to everyone at this point in time anymore now I, I ignored all the red flags all along the way because I well, was so in this mode
0: T- Tia I can assure you every single high achieving woman who is listening to this podcast is absolutely with you on that one it, it, it's incredible how focused we become right yeah. how on target how results oriented we become and it's like we have blinders on literally yeah. and we can't see anything apart from the bullseye because we're going for it it's, it's about the performance the achievement the action right and I really think that that is only possible because we have learned to disconnect from our feelings and our emotions and because we've learned to do that with ourselves mm. we've also learned to do that with other people right And, but everything you've said, I relate with. I mean, it's, I relate with it, you know, getting so tired and, you know, not functioning in your optimal space, becoming angry and irritable most of the time, not because you're a bad person, but because your brain is literally not functioning properly right yes. um you're probably not eating well apart not don't even talk about sleeping well right oh sleep um, was
1: just the lowest thing on my uh, there you we know, are. on my list of priorities i just never slept right yeah i was taking I, blackberries at 12 o'clock at night and wow. first thing in the morning making sure the figures were correct all this kind of stuff wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah but
0: i love the fact that and i know how difficult this can be for high achieving women but you asked for help and I believe that that muscle, that ask for help muscle, is one of the most important muscles that high-achieving women need to actually learn how to build and use. Because for some reason along the line, and I don't know whether you relate with this, we somehow understand that doing it yourself is what's required. Doing it yourself is is what gets you the brownie points. That in order to get credit, you have to do it yourself. But... You and I now know, because we know better, right, that to be a true leader, you cannot do it yourself. You must have a team. You must allow them also grow in doing it with you, right? And so, yeah. But, so there's something I wanted to touch upon, because you really shared a lot of wonderful things. And what I wanted to ask you was, do you believe that, or was it your belief in the past anyway, that in order to succeed, as a woman, it is important, it, it was important to struggle and also even suppress certain aspects of yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I, I if I have to think back, hmm. I, I think I wasn't even present. I wasn't even present in my body. Hmm. I was so, I, I had no presence. I had no no awareness of the current the day like today like I, mm. I, I you know just that in the now it it, it didn't even exist for me because I was having almost like an out-of-body experience be- because yeah you know I was so focused on performing and 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 kind of uh, stuck in in a mode where you've where you know I almost abdicated my um, my womanhood you know what i mean the fact mm. that i'm i'm this intuitive female um I, I for a very long time i wasn't at peace with the fact of even being a mom right yeah. even being a mother wasn't something that i necessarily embraced although it was probably one of it is probably one of my most um treasured kind of abilities is the fact that you know people would would say i i mother them not not to to, to detriment, but I, I really take care of people, you know, my, I have such depth of empathy and all this kind of stuff, and I understand people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, and, I, and I have great perspective, so I, I see things that other people don't see, so I, I have a depth of understanding of human behavior because of my perspective, Not at all, and because of my past experiences, and because I grew up in a house where there was domestic abuse, and it was the woman who was abused, and then I also experienced sexual abuse as a child, it was almost like I saw my womanhood became um, dangerous, so I abdicated that. But it was also very dangerous to be present, right? I just had to be like, go, 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 run, 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 you know, do, 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 do. There was never, it was almost like I was always holding my breath. Like, you know, like, I've, I've just got to do, I've just got to get out of the situation. Um, it's dangerous. The situation is dangerous. My, being a woman is dangerous. Um, you know, uh, all those kind of things. And and so that almost became the driving force, stepping into this, the male dominance, because that's where strength lay, right? Being yeah. a man is, and, and, and I worked in a very male-dominated industry, remember? Yeah. Uh, I, was in a male, I, I, I worked as a pastry chef for years. This is something that a lot of people don't even know. Wow! I went from, uh, from front of house into pastry because mm-hmm. uh, one of the chefs saw something in me and I worked in a very male-dominated pastry environment for three years where I was one of, the, I was one of two female chefs in a, an entire brigade of about 25 chefs and wow. we were two girls. Um, and I did that for three years. And then I went back to front of house and then I climbed the ranks really, really fast. And I believe it was because of my male dominated energy that I, ma- that I operated in. You know, I, I operated in the masculine. I, I, I'm very forced, not forceful, I suppose forceful is a long, wrong word. But the way I, I dominated in leadership was because I activated my, my male or my, you know, that dominant energy. And I was like a bulldozer, and and I just climbed the ranks really, really fast. I mean, I even had a one of my bosses say to me, "You are so painful," because I've never had anybody that has got so driven. Um, and he was like, "Just, just give her the pay rise, just give her the rise," you know, because I was just after it, like you can't believe, mm. um, you know, and and yeah. But in that, I was never present to. The, the, the female side of me because I think I was always running away from it right because that's which is natural
0: I, I mean I, I think it's absolutely natural that if, something, if you have seen and understood something especially as a child yeah. to be something that is dominated trampled upon mm. weak then mm-hmm. you would mm. automatically mm. make a vow even if it's not a, a conscious vow that that will not be you
1: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And you said
0: something about, you believe that's why you, you, you you climbed the ranks so, so quickly because you were in your male, in your male energy, you'd activated that energy and you were comfortable in it. And it's a very interesting concept there because yes, very many successful women stand in masculine energy when they go into, into organizations. I remember once I was um, in the office of one of the very, very highly placed, um, let's say, um, executives at the corporation that I worked at. And there was a woman in his office and she was also extremely highly placed. But what struck me as I just watched those two interact, this man and this woman, was the woman even in her body language was brash and masculine as if she was wearing some ill fitted armor, right? And I was so taken aback by this because I just recognized that she was fitting in to the mold, right? And I thought, why would you need to do that even at that level? But it's just because I suppose the society has said we value certain characteristics and we don't value others. And that's why I'm very, very keen right now on working with high achieving women to move from that masculine domineering energy that we have worked in for so long and which causes burnout because we're just not men to a more feminine very powerful and very very powerful energy and this is something I want to discuss with you is this something that you have already started exploring yourself have you used this already in leadership um yeah tell me a little bit about that about any shifts that you've experienced
1: so yeah that's a really great question and um I think it's so essential for us as women if we want to, like you say very um, very clearly in, in, in what it is that you do with the dazzle without the frazzle. I, I believe it is essential for us as women to embrace more of our feminine instead of the masculine because we know that the masculine is a place of of drive, of that testosterone, um, of the thing that gives us that... Um, you know, what I would kind of, I call it beast mode, right? So it's the kind of thing that moves us into beast mode, but there needs to be more of a softer feminine side. So it's definitely something that I've explored and definitely something that I've realized that if I want to tone down and if I want to work more in flow, if I want to work with with less guilt and with more presence in the now and, and working with that feminine essence, that gift that I have as a woman, then it's definitely something that, uh, that us as women need to stop for a minute and embrace. There is such power in both. Um, and it takes such a fine tuning to not operate too dominantly in either of those so it's almost, it's finding that yin and yang. It's finding the in-between. And, it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's a conversation that you and I have had before where it's about um, switching on the one and moving effortlessly between the two, right? I think that is, that is like, that's almost like the, the superpower, right? That's, that's that switch. It's that sweet spot, like you would call it. For us as women leaders, it's knowing when to step into a bit of masculine energy and letting that do its work, but then switching back into the feminine and embracing that part of it. And and I think that is, you know, for all of us, for men and women, of achievers, that is the essence of it. It's like we're a little bit of both and we need to embrace it and not operate in the one more dominantly because that is where we burn out. That is where we create damage. That is where harm is done. It's about finding the sweet spot between the two and about the awareness. Awareness that's so so important is about awareness.
0: Maltea, you, you've put that so beautifully. I just love what when you said, you know, moving effortlessly between both, mm, right? Mm. And the way I see it, the picture that was coming up for me as you were speaking was yes, we're women, yes, we are powerful in our feminine essence, but sometimes we have to employ masculine energy to get certain things done. Mm. And as you were talking, you know, you mentioned burnout, which is a subject that's very dear to my heart. Um, and I, I really believe that the reason why we as women burn out is because we're so much in that masculine doing, driving active energy. And we forget to fill our cups and tune in to the essence and source of our true power and energy. And so we, we, we're like a car that's moving without any fuel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't go far. No,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nicely but said. But it comes, it comes down to that presence, right? It just comes down mm-hmm. to about the awareness. It just comes down to being more aware of how we're operating and why we're operating like that. And then being able to move effortlessly, like we said. I love it.
0: And, you know, you've mentioned something very important, which is awareness, which is, you know, we should know when we're tired. We should know when we need to stop. But you and I know and we've lived this before. So it's not theory for us that we have pushed through exhaustion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've pushed Mm -hmm. through we've I mean I'm going to say I here because I find that empowering I have done things which when I look back I would say that was abuse to my body I wasn't sleeping enough I wasn't eating properly I was pushing through exhaustion it it was just not necessary (laughs) it just wasn't but at the time I was doing the best I had with the information I had Mm -hmm. at the time right Mm -hmm. um and um but I love what you just said moving between the two effortlessly that um i think is a great takeaway (laughs) for anyone who's listening
1: yeah and i think you know you and i've both spoken about it it's like those women that you see in the board in the boardrooms and those women that are in these high power positions that are that are making it look good and that aren't burning out and are maintaining it i think they've perfected that i think they Mm. they're in touch with that right the ones that we are seeing who can do it effortlessly um they're the ones that are gliding between those two energies and they've mastered the art of of that effortless move
0: beautiful so you know what um i think the takeaway here is any high achieving woman who has a mission who has a legacy to build who knows that she doesn't want to just live a mediocre life nobody's saying do not achieve do not build that legacy do not be brilliant. Do not dazzle. Nobody's saying that. Mm. But what is important, I think the point from what you just said is to reconnect with yourself and to make sure that everything you're doing is, you know, there's the yin and the yang. It's not just the yang, right? Because otherwise you, you very quickly get disconnected and frazzled and you weaken yourself in the long run.
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. And I was just reading a post from a friend this morning about rest on Facebook. Mm. And, 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 I, and I, it used to irritate me that my husband would rest, right? He would just switch off in line from the TV at night. And I'd be like, oh, I'd be getting so irritated <laughs> by it. And because I'm like, oh, well, I've got to be, you know, constantly working and stuff. And then mm. I thought, hang on. But he's got it sus because when he works, he works really well and he's really focused and all that kind of mm. stuff. But when he disconnects, he disconnects really well. And it used to irritate me, but then I realized that no, it shouldn't be irritating me. It it, it I should learn from that. Because yeah. he's, you know, he's clearly he clearly sees the signs and knows it. But it's, it's 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 our problem as high achieving women is that we wanna just be go all the time. And we can sometimes just look at the men and say, Oh, hang on, he's actually switched off. Maybe it's time for me to switch off too, right? Yeah. And take absolutely. a leap out of their book. Um, and and we've just gotta be more aware of that. And 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 I'm always saying, if you see that and you're triggered by it, ask yourself why? Why am I being triggered by that, right? And and sort that out so that you can be more of that yin and yang so that you can be more in that balance because life is about balance. It, for me, not really always balance as such, but it's about a bit of this and a bit of that. There's never going to be real true balance, mm. right? But it's about um, almost striving to have more balance.
0: Tia, balance is absolutely essential um, and that's a huge, huge topic because your balance may not be mine. It's very, very, very personal and very, very unique to each of us. And that's something I would love to invite you and some other fabulous ladies to actually discuss and to share our perspectives on that and what it means to each of us. For now, um, I would love the ladies listening to be able to connect with you. And if anything you've said has resonated, to just reach out and have that conversation. I know you love to have conversations. So what's the best way to reach you?
1: So yeah, so the best place where people can reach me at this point in time, I would say, is on social media. So, um, Facebook, uh, Tia Stegman, or uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm redoing my website at the moment. I'm going through a bit of a rebranding, um, and all of that kind of jazz. But yeah, reach out. I'm always there. I'm always. I'm answering and checking my messages on Facebook and and you know just showing up on Instagram and supporting people in the best way that i can but if any of the stuff that i've said is uh has opened something up for you then please do connect i love having conversations about these things and i feel that you know as women the stuff we've gone through we've gone through it so that we can help others go through it so you know yeah please do reach out and happy to have any conversations and point people in the right direction if i can't help them with anything
0: sounds absolutely amazing tia look it's been an absolute pleasure having you I'm so glad you could make it and I'd love to have you back as I said thank you so much
1: you're very welcome and thank you so much for having me it's been fantastic conversation to have
0: great wonderful I'm Bola TV the Essence Magnifier and you've been listening to the Dazzle Without the Frazzle podcast I'd love you to connect with me Join my Dazzle Without the Frazzle light group on Facebook.